Welcome to the 153rd episode of the Young Terps podcast from the Viner Fourgate studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Wayne Viner. Filling in for Jordan, who is uh, out at, well, spring training that got canceled today. Well, he's at spring training. He got to do his part at spring training in Arizona. He saw the Cubbies. He was with. He got a tour of the Diamondbacks Stadium. He was with the Angels. He got some time with the Cleveland Indians. So he got uh, his good work at the GM level out of going to spring training. And now he's stuck in Phoenix for the moment. Yeah, and he'll, he'll be back with us and on the podcast, uh, hopefully over this weekend. And I guess before we get into everything that today has been, as far as uh, our Terps are concerned, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals. Your hometown Terrapin party rental resource, Allied, has what you need. Whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival, Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, shine, and other accessories you're looking for. Wayne from Terp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today, you can contact Allied at 301-986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. No rundown on this episode, and really no rundowns, I guess, for the rest of the year as... Uh, the Big Ten suspends all or cancels all athletics for uh, the spring season for the rest of the way. Well, I'll give it a, a short rundown on the lacrosse side. Uh, the women finally win again. The men beat Albany uh, last weekend. They were looking forward to a big game against Virginia on Saturday. That game obviously not going to take place, but it's a rematch of the regional final uh, where uh, my radio partner, Bruce Posner, is probably still laying on the floor going, that was not a goal. And if you're a Maryland lacrosse fan, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that that not a goal, and that now, um, I mean, you got to think, if if guys like Jared Bernhardt and some other of those seniors on this team, Roman Puglisi, you know, some of those guys don't get back on the field, they don't get, or they decide to move on with life, as I think Jared Bernhardt probably will go ahead and move on to his football career you got to think that game will still haunt them. That will be like their last real moment of college lacrosse and of college athletics. And for those who don't know, Virginia shot the ball in the waning minutes. It hit the crossbar, bounced out to midfield, but the refs called it a goal. Virginia goes on to win by one, and that was the defining moment in that game. And in some of these careers, Jared Bernhardt, who rocks the number one jersey for Maryland, had a chance to be the number one all-time leading scorer for the University of Maryland, and that would have been over uh, Matt Rambo and some other Terrapin greats. It's not going to happen because there's no more games. Yeah, and really moving on to that, you know, you talk about if you're a baseball player and you were drafted at one point in the MLB, you chose to go to college, and this was your junior season, you know, that's the end of it for you. I'm not sure if Maryland has any of those guys, but hey, Maryland had a Fairly good start in baseball this year. Yeah, they were off to a good start, and they had a really young team that kind of needed this year with, with one of their top recruiting classes that they brought in coming in, uh, I believe, next season. And, you know, you're talking about a team in that case that, that had a lot of development and had a really bright future. Some players that were going off of, you know, they had the Big Ten Freshman of the Year last year with uh, Maxwell Coates or Cots, one of, one of those two, being one of the best players in the conference and it was a huge development year for Rob Vaughn on the diamond, but unfortunately cut short to whether you think it's a pandemic or not. You know, these conferences have to, you know, they're playing with the lives or they're, you know, thinking about the lives of young athletes that 
you know, they touch the fans. You see Maryland basketball comes out, they high-five, you know, 10 or 15 people on the way to the court, and they have all the game day staff, and you know, just saw heard about an official that actually had the coronavirus in the CAA tournament. And, you know, these athletes come into contact with tons of people during game days, and, you know, whether we'll look back on this in the next few months and say it was the right move or not, right now it seems to be the right move. Okay, I'm going to stay out of the political side of why they did it or if they did it, but I could talk about my experience. Uh, we are doing this live from the Viner Four Gate Studios in Rockville. Uh, we're supposed to be, and where are we supposed to be tonight, Mason? Well, we're supposed to be Indianapolis, in Indianapolis right now, probably at, I, I think it was Ohio State and Purdue. Purdue. Scheduled was going to play. the Purdue game. We're, we're scheduled to play, which would have been a really nice one, considering that Purdue playing right you know, with a lot of their fans in attendance. That probably would have been the most or one of the most Indiana-Purdue tonight, uh, one of the most energetic games of the Big Ten tournament. And then the late game is Indiana yeah, and Penn, Penn State. State. And that game, to decide who played, would have taken on the Terps. It's just really kind of surreal to be looking at this right now. You know, we're not – or I don't think you and I have ever backed out of travel plans. Never, not once. Especially going to this – you know, see this team. You know, we went out to Iowa a few years ago when things didn't look too great. We went out to um, Nebraska. Nebraska when things didn't look too great for we, Maryland football either. I mean, we've been all over the Foster Farms Bowl. I've been to the Sweet 16 in Anaheim. I've been to the Sweet 16 in San Antonio. Uh, any place all the time. So it was my turn to go back to the Big Ten tournament. I took that off last year. Uh, with Bruce went to the Big Ten tournament, I got myself to the first round of the NCAAs. We're going to reverse that role possibly this year. The reason I made the decision that we, the Young Terps group, and Terp Talk was not going before they canceled the games. Since we have media passes, we would have been allowed in the stadium, even though we know there's no fans being allowed in. The part that got me to say I don't, I don't think we can make this it's not a wise decision, is what happened to the Salt Lake City media who went with the Jazz to Oklahoma City. Uh, they are still there, I believe, under quarantine because they had contact with now two known players with the coronavirus. I don't think they're allowed to travel, and that's the part that got me. I did not feel like getting stuck in Indianapolis under quarantine for two weeks, so we didn't go. By the time I was trying to trade those airline tickets out, the message came across the wire that the tournament was canceled. At that point, I guess I felt vindicated, but I, we didn't decide not to go because there wasn't a tournament. We already made that decision because it's not that we were particularly afraid of getting sick. It was that we didn't want to get stuck somewhere for several weeks. So so we don't go. And what's what do you think the net effect is to be one of the few teams, and I'll go over these teams really quickly, in Maryland history, that won their last game. 1972, probably before a lot of you were born and before I really followed the Terps, Maryland wins the NIT, finishes fourth in the country. 2002, Maryland wins the national championship. They win the last game of the season. In 1992, under NCAA ban, Maryland beats Virginia in the last game of the season, not allowed to play in the ACC tournament. So Gary Williams has two of the seasons, and now 2020, Mark Turgeon wins the last game. It was good that you and I and Bruce and, and everybody, Todd, got to be on the floor for that one. We win a championship, or at least part of one. Got uh, some confetti up in the air, cut a net down, 
And now Mark Turgeon goes down in history as being one of the few Maryland coaches in basketball to win the last game. What's the effect of not getting to play anymore? Well, I think it's a lot of things. And first off, you know, I can't say that's really a bad way to end a season. I, I don't really think anybody can. You, know, you end the season a partial champion of your conference. Sure, you drop the ball a little at the end of the season. But when you look back on it, uh, there will be a banner in the rafters of Xfinity Center for a Big Ten regular season championship, just like there is one uh, for that 2010 ACC championship. And you'll kind of look back on it and say, what if? You know, this team, uh, somewhere, in my opinion, between the two and the, I could see them even falling as far as the five line in the NCAA tournament, depending on if they lost the game to Indiana or Penn State or if they won the whole tournament. You know, you could see them easily getting to the two line, the way things have gone college basketball this year, where they're ranked right now. Uh, they finished 12th in the AP poll. It's just for guys like Anthony Cowan, who's going to go down as, at least statistics-wise, and at this point after this season, playing-wise, you know, you look at the tape of Anthony Cowan, one of the best players in, in Maryland basketball history, and you look at a guy like Jalen Stick-Smith having an amazing season, probably going to be uh, a lottery NBA selection, depending on how he does in the combine. And you got guys like Aaron Wiggins, who came on, Big Ten Sixth Man of the Year. It just kind of seem to have the ball, especially against Michigan rolling going into this Big Ten tournament, a lot of hype around this team, but it's it's another thing, and unfortunately for Maryland basketball, there are a lot of these, another what if for Maryland basketball, what if they made it, you know, past the first weekend and it was it looked open, you know, what if they got a game against a Duke or a North, or not North Carolina or a Kansas or someone, you know, of that top tier, and Mark Turgeon actually had a chance to put this program back where a lot of people think it should be beating those teams and advancing, you know, to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. It was kind of all on the table for this team, regardless of how they finished the season. That game against Michigan kind of re-inspired a lot of people towards thinking this team could make it to Atlanta or to at least, you know, hopefully New York City if they got a chance, you know, somewhere where there are some Maryland fans. Oh, there's a lot of Maryland fans in New York City. Uh, I think in 20 years or so, when there's another generation of fans, people will say this team would have won the national championship. I think this team is going to grow over the years, especially if Cowan actually makes it to the league somehow, if Jalen Smith ends up being uh, an impactful pro, if Wiggins or Ayala actually finds their game, and you're going to look back and say, well, you know, Cowan was a great player in Europe, played a year or two in the NBA. Jalen Smith played a great 15 years Aaron Wiggins was a sharpshooter. Those guys would have won the thing, and they didn't get to play. And I think that's where this is going to end up. Uh, does it help or hurt Mark Turgeon? I think it helps him. You know, Jeff Ehrman on Twitter has been very, very um, reliant on this one statement that he made. Now he has to hear about it. Now all of us as Maryland fans and all of us as Maryland media or whatever, you know, everybody that's on the message boards doesn't really matter which one we're going to hear about. What, how far would have Turgeon taken this team for the next six months? You know, till, till we're tipping in November, you know, or maybe even if next year's team doesn't pan out till the next year. You know, till Maryland can get back to this space, till they can be you know, a top three team in the Big Ten again, which has been fairly regularly over the past, what do you want to say, you know, the whole time they've been in this league, which is now, what, six years? This is the end of their sixth year? Yeah, and it finally feels like Maryland's part of the Big Ten to me. But I'm gonna, I'll get back to that. Uh, but back on the Mark Turgeon thing. Well, I think we'll finish up my point. I think it helps him. You, know, you can't say 
that he really lost anything this year. Sure, they lost some games like that Seton Hall one that you wish you could have back or you know, the game at the rack, but even if you look at the game that they lost to in Ohio State or that game especially that they lost to Rutgers, you know, Rutgers is one of those teams that looking at this season, looking at the way it played out, you have to feel for them. Finally back into the tournament, you know, they won that they would have made it back. They were on the boat. But, yeah, there's there's a team that's really got to be upset because they were finally going to make it back to the tournament. But they lost. You know, you look at that game and you say, okay, our shots just didn't go in. They were, whatever, six for 30 from three. But that was like Rutgers. That was their game. You know, that's a game that Rutgers fans, if they don't make it back to this level of basketball, if they don't make it back into the conversation of being a top 25 team or being a, you know, 11 to 8 seed in the tournament, you can look back on the season and say, they were near top 10, if not a team that should be in the top 10, and they could have made a run to the championship. Well, if you're hanging out in East Rutherford, Piscataway, et cetera, the game you're going to watch 10 times between now and summer is the game against Maryland. That was yeah, that's their was... sold-out last game, senior night. I mean, that was that was picture-perfect, and I'm sure they have a little extra for Maryland because despite what Maryland does in football – Maryland's won 36 Big Ten championships in six years. I don't think anybody else has won more Big Ten championships. So you might not think as a Maryland fan that the Terps belong in the Big Ten. I'll tell you, the rest of the Big Ten feels the impact. And if Locks ever gets this football thing sorted out, this is probably going to be the most successful overall program. Maybe not money-wise, but wins-wise and championships. I was just going to say that, you know, 36 Big Ten championships. If Michael Oxley can do something with this football team, Maryland's going to start to be thrown around again in the conversations like they used to be in the early 2000s where top to bottom, you know, they're one of the best athletic programs overall despite the money issues or, you know, you talk about this building champions thing. If half of it works out, Maryland's going to be looking a lot better, you know, to the eyes of of the nation. But going back to this year, both on the men's and women's side, you kind of are a little bit stunned by it. Yeah, a lot of us could see this coming after the thing with the NBA last night and then, you know, Donovan Mitchell, and they were talking about how how many people he comes in contact with on a game day. You know, he's shooting threes and warm-ups. Ball boys are catching the balls they just touch, passing it to another player. You know, this is really easy to kind of overlook, but you talk about how many people are involved. You know, we're under, you know, inside the bowels of Xfinity Center. You see all the people that, you know, high-five the players on their way out or just around each other. It is one of those major league mass gatherings because if you talk about an NCAA tournament site on a good day if you know they have a team like a Duke plays in Greensboro and they bring you know near sold out crowd there there's so many people around there's just such a impact that these events have that really as unfortunate as it is I just can't believe that Maryland basketball is over this year because it was just so close to being something super special it was already something special they've had a great year but just it is what it is, I guess, and and you talk about the eligibility of these players. I can't see Anthony Cowan getting another year. No. He played the regular season. Right. Now, I could see maybe on the lacrosse or baseball side, the, the sports have played a few games that they just, they just add another season if the kids want to stay. What struck me in talking with you and talking with uh, Mason and actually talking with Bruce and, and, and Don Marcus – is that for you guys, this is your day that John Kennedy was killed. This is your day the space shuttle blew up. It's your 9-11. Yeah. 
it's your Pearl Harbor Day. It's the first time when you've actually been alive and aware and on Twitter, Facebook, the 24-hour news cycle, that something this major has happened that that uh, affects you directly. And I guess the good part is it's not because thousands of people died yet here, but it's just a stunning news story that changes the way that your life's going to go. And uh, it, apparently it happens to everybody, and this is your turn but to hear how much it's impacted you when i guess as a older and been through this a little bit went well yeah i could see this coming and i figured there wasn't going to be an ncaa tournament but i really was looking forward to going to the big 10 i had my guys with me i mean the young terps podcast is known far and wide you look at the demographics map and there's people all over the country listen to this podcast we were going to be live on the scene we're going to record in the building from the hotel from outside we have all the videos that usually go up on turp talk and you guys were pumped because it was your first tournament and you with your espn experience now and, and jordan you know it's going to come from major league being invited to major league baseball on the management side to take a look there and then comes the big 10 tournament we were just primed to have a breakout year for this show and it just didn't happen and those moments I guess that's our season. I just realized this. This is the season to us. This is our playoff game. And, yeah, I'm more disappointed. that They'll play another basketball season. But you'll never be this age again coming off of just being on ESPN. Jordan's probably going to be working for an NHL franchise or something next year and might not even be able to go to the tournament. And this was our time, our senior season for this. And for that... And because all you listeners missed that, and it was going to be great, I'm sorry for it. Yeah, and I was even looking forward to, you know, once they said the fans were going to be banned. As as annoying as this might seem to the people listening to this as a fan, you know, you, I, and, and, and Jordan were going to get to go see what would have been a once-in-a-lifetime thing. No fans at a basketball conference tournament. We would be making... You know, tons of content. You know, what it felt like to be in the arena would have been something different. What it what it meant to just go to something, even if there weren't any fans, and especially if there weren't any fans, you know, that would have been just a crazy experience. But then, you know, I was hyped up to go because we had just kind of assembled all of this kind of new equipment, you know, some of the stuff that we're using right now even for the podcast, some of the uh, video cameras and, oh, we got and a, photo we got cameras. A hell that, of a new video camera. That, that we fantastic. That we've acquired here. Some fortunate moments, some some unfortunate, like when the camera broke. Uh, what was that, two games, Michigan State game? Uh, camera broke, yeah, for at the end of the Michigan State after we did the on-court appearance for the Turp Talk Big Dog postgame show, yeah, the camera broke. And we didn't get to the press conference, but you know what? Nobody wanted to see Mark Turgeon say how wonderful Michigan State was. But it was so. just it was gonna be this great experience. And finally to have a team that you know won the conference, even though they were the three seed, and they still laid claim and they still deserve to lay claim to that Big Ten trophy, was just gonna be this great moment where this team has finally bounced back because it seems like, you know, Mello made some shots but they were just a little shorter. There was a great team in the conference and yeah, there's a picture of that right there against West Virginia on the wall. Yeah, and and this team, though, you know, fought through a lot, and, and they were finally after 10, you know, really long years of Maryland basketball, especially those first two after they 
uh, won the ACC in 2010, they were back to being Relevant. the team. They were top tier. They won the conference, and they were walking into there with the expectation that they were going to win at least one game and then have another shot at Michigan State, who they played two fairly good games against this season. I, I agree. Uh, Friday's games, so this is Thursday night, Friday's games were going to be epic. You could have Ohio State, Michigan State. You could have Indiana with a huge home crowd against Maryland or a rematch against Penn State. Uh, the other games are equally com- – you got Illinois going to play. You've got Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. you got probably seven, possibly eight teams playing who are all going to go to the NCAA tournament. Almost an unprecedented number – success on the court for the Big Ten. Yeah, and they were talking about it right after they canceled the tournament and turned on the Big Ten Network. And they were saying how this was supposed to be one of the greatest conference tournaments of all time. They were – I think there was between 11, 9 to 11 teams that were ranked at one time in the top 25. And they talked about, you know, just what you said about Friday's games. But then they said, you know, Thursday you have you know, a Purdue team that's been streaking at the end of the season going up against Ohio State that's ranked as high as I think it was sixth this year. And then you have a team like, or they were number two in the country at one time, and then you have Michigan who was ranked number two or well, one. Michigan State was one. Michigan, Michigan was like between three and one, yeah. depending on what poll you look at. And then, you know, the outlier to that is Indiana, who's on the bubble to the tournament after their coach made some outrageous comments about, you know, just everything, which well, which kind of put out one of the things that Big Ten put in a, a cool-down period, or they were supposed to have a cool-down period between the end of the game now and the postgame. Uh, press comments, but the one outlier to that, the one team that would have been there wasn't some team that, you know, was 14 and 17 this year. It's Indiana basketball playing in Indianapolis for a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. And it just would have been such a great event. But, you know, unfortunately, you kind of look back on it and you say, you know, what everyone's going to say in 20 years, this team could have been the one to do it, just like they say about that Maryland team that won the NIT and then, you know, you kind of throw out you know, the various things that have happened to Maryland basketball, all the times where well, the uh, conference champion's the only one that played in the NCAA. Greatest game ever played. NC State in overtime, 103, Maryland 100, 1974. Maryland decides not to go to any, to, to, to turn down the NIT, that they were done at that point. That's probably, possibly, historically, the best Maryland team in the history of Maryland basketball. And there's so many things that go in go into what the outlook is, you know. This was kind of, on top of it being a, one of the best teams, Maryland basketball teams that we've seen in quite a while, this was also kind of, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty going into next year. This was kind of the time where you ride it out, and, you know, Aaron Wiggins plays great through the NCAA tournament, the Big Ten tournament, he's gone too. Right. And Look, it could have been Dante Scott, it could have been Wiggins, yeah. it could have been Ayala, you don't know. It didn't happen. And if that's the last game Cowan plays and they win the championship and he gets to give the speech and his parents are there and it's a bit of a storybook ending, and I'll leave that at that. There's nothing we can do about it. Fortunately enough for this Maryland team is that they celebrated that Big Ten championship the way they did. Yeah, it seemed a bit over the top at the time, but now, yeah, if that was the end of the season, that that ended well. Yeah, so... You know, you had Turgeon give actually what I thought was fairly maybe his best public speaking job that he's done as a coach at Maryland. You know, he's not the most. He's not eloquent. Yeah, he's, he's not. That's not his kind of 
place. He, he, he likes to kind of just be behind the scenes. And, right. He's not and, Gino Oriyama or Jim Valvano or, or and, Jay and Wright. Anthony Cowan did what I thought was a nice job of addressing the crowd, and then you know, everyone gets a chance to cut down the nets, and they hold up the trophy. And they actually had the trophy there, which I was surprised about, given the fact that they had to make three of them for this season. And then really quickly, you, know, you got the whole – Thing on the women's side too. Where do they end their season? It's supposed to be a one seed in the tournament, maybe a two if they got, you know, kind of hosed because they're in the Big Ten and it's not the greatest conference for women's basketball. But they have even a different outlook. They played their conference tournament. They won it. They end the season with true trophies that well they ended a lot with. But what would have been for them? Well, it's the same story. That? It's one of Brenda's better teams. They had defensive intensity, just not been a Brenda freeze. Uh, hallmark as of late this team was getting better they had the ingredients to move forward i think there's enough young talent there to say that repeating getting close next year uh is much more of a possibility than on the men's side but this ban of pretty much all sports activity for the big 10 you know it also affects the football side and i know this is much more of a basketball season but the football spring game was coming up. It affects on-campus and off-campus recruiting. For anybody who has seen the locked-in series of videos, um, they're pretty good. I think they're a bit repetitive. Uh, but the point that everybody loves and respects Mike Loxley is starting to come through on the recruiting. And I guess it was a Michigan State game when they had all the recruits. And, I mean, they still, they're, they're bringing in the who's who. I'm not saying they're going to get all of them, but they are bringing in some really high-quality athletes, and, yeah, it'll be a team that's made up of three stars, four stars, and Rakeem Jarrett. And maybe you'll say next year it's three stars, so four stars, and Caleb Williams, who's the, the coveted quarterback. But I could see that this is still, and I know I, I have the gimlet eye towards this. Like I, I still believe. I think Loxley's going to get this done. And maybe basketball won't be as good next year, but I think at some point you're going to see football actually rise up because the, just the quality of the players is reaching Big Ten standards. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And you kind of hear about and, and you really see it, I guess, on social media is Maryland's not a program yet that can pick up the phone and say, come play for Maryland. They've done a lot of their work with on-campus visits, you know, getting guys like I think the recent one is one of the – or both of those – four- and five-star guys to play for Quince Orchard High School, they visited Maryland. They're all over Maryland now. They're active on social media about their visit at Maryland. They post about it, and they get to you know show these people their new football offices, the new Cole Fieldhouse. You know, their selling point is getting players on campus and oh. showing them what the family atmosphere is and what this new facility looks like and, and having them talk to guys like uh, Rakim Jarrett and and – some of these other guys have been well, successful. Well, let's take a look at who you come in to talk to. You have Elijah Brooks, who was the head coach at DeMatha. He's the running backs coach now. You have Joker Phillips, who was the head coach at Kentucky. He's the wide receivers coach. Of course, you got Loxley, who's the godfather of, of Maryland football, but of football and been in Alabama. He brings in the wide receiver coach from Alabama. You got guys who walk around national championship rings. Have you been over to Cole? Did you get a look at that last yeah. week? It's just gorgeous. Now, now Eric, Eric the architect, sent some pictures from inside the fence of the new practiced fields 
the entire organization is going to move over to coal this, uh, I guess, after spring football, they're yep. all going to move. It really is a five-star gorgeous facility. And I now have a start date, I don't know if I'm allowed to release it, for putting the new Jumbotron scoreboard up on top of Gossett. And they need to reinforce the roof a little bit, but they're going to put a Class A scoreboard sound system, and it's coming in August. So by the first football game, you're going to have a new video board. And you talk about, you just talked about Elijah Brooks. He brought Chase Young into the program and kind of to show him around too so it's not or Dwight Haskins has been there too it's not only the guys that played for Maryland well okay the number one guy that didn't play for Maryland that's coming to recruit for them is who was the quarterback who was at Alabama oh Jalen Hurts there's Jalen Hurts there's Chase Young now but Jalen Hurts came to recruit for Maryland he came in to recruit Caleb Williams with Loxley for Maryland. The guy never played for Maryland. He likes Loxley enough that he's recruiting for the university. That's amazing to me. But I'm really interested to see how this affects all of this thing as a whole scheme. You know, this is the recruiting time. You know, you talk about it, especially not for your next class, but for the class after that. You know, getting guys into your spring ball, getting guys to come see your spring game, come out to see your facility. This is kind of open season as far as recruiting, you know. Well, the, literally, yes. Yeah, the players that are play football, they're not playing football right now. They they want to go and they want to see, you know, what all these schools have to but, offer. But the, the sports world, kind of just in general, is at a halt right now. Yep. I mean, something you're not going to hear. Uh, it, it's uh, you know, bouncing puck into the offensive zone. Ovechkin on it. You're not going to hear that either. No NHL. So no NBA. It's it's not just. Maryland, but we're a lot closer to just Maryland. Before, I know we're probably long on time here. Uh, one other basketball note, since Jordan's not on the program, congratulations to North Dakota State Bison, who won their league. They have an NCAA tournament bid. They probably would have been a 15 seed, had some thought in their mind. What if North Dakota State got to play Maryland in the NCAA tournament? That would have been cool. And, you know, their school's closed down, too. Uh What's going on with colleges in, in your area as far as whether they're open or not? Well, colleges, you know, across America right now, uh, Bruce Pearl was actually on ESPN talking about it earlier, about what how he was going to manage his team through this moment if they were able to play on to the NCAA tournament, is that and Alabama is a state that has no cases of the coronavirus. They were delayed for two weeks out of spring break. Almost every school that I can think of my school, I know personally, is delayed. I think it's three weeks after our spring break, which is this week. That's why I'm here in Maryland. Um, but classes are going online. I know American University is the only university that I've seen, American in D.C., that is, they're just done. They're done. They're closed for the rest of the semester. And they're sending kids home, and they're going online the rest of the way here. But, you know, you talk about professors and teachers. You know, we're talking about here in Montgomery County. Tomorrow's kind of their day to try and get everyone set up with an online, some kind of online learning situation is that as a society, you know, you're kind of getting to a halt, really. I don't know how many of my professors know how to manage an online class. I don't know how many of them have ever taught an online class. My sports business professor is actually my only one that I know has at least one hybrid, which is like a half online, half school or regular classroom class that as a university system, just in general, I know Maryland is is tomorrow's their move-out day. You actually have to have all of your stuff out of your dorm rooms at UMBC, Towson, and Maryland 
Uh, There's a lot of friends that are dealing with that. You know, you got to pack up your whole dorm room with the expectation that you're going to be back there in two to three weeks' time and putting everything back together for what is, depending on what school you go to, 20 days to about a month of school left. So as far as, you know, what these kids would have been dealing with if they had to stay on campus while everyone else goes off of campus, where they would have moved them, especially at a school like Maryland that's requiring you to actually check out of your dorm, that would have been a whole other scenario, you know, to keep one specific place open. It just, I think, as better for Big Ten, especially Big Ten where you have huge campuses, doing this was the proper move given that you're suspending the whole school in general. I cannot disagree with you. I've just sort of foregone conclusion that we're going to have to do what we have to do to make sure that the virus, you probably really can't avoid it, but you need to make sure that the fewest, few people really get sick as possible. And I think this is, if it's not the right move, it really doesn't, I don't know who it hurts, but like I said, I want to stay out of that and just stick to the sports. Um, so as an athletic program, and this is kind of our last topic here for this specific podcast about this, what do you tell your spring sport athletes? You know, as a coach, especially as a John Tillman or a Kathy Reese or a Rob Vaughn, you know, you're just getting things started. You don't know about eligibility for next year. It's one thing to be uh, in the spot of a Mark Turgeon or Tom Izzo, you know, these guys that have kind of won something this year, and they have, you know, you can say, well, it wasn't that bad. You know, we, we played a full season. For an athlete, though, that just got things started, you know, a guy like Logan McNaney in goal for Maryland who just got his career started, what do you go back to them and tell them? Boy, that is a, a very tough question. Uh, from a sporting perspective, you say uh, there's a lot of things that went right and a lot of things that went wrong in your life. This is a chance to learn that everything, you can't take this for granted. You thought you were to come in here and be here for four years and maybe start for four years. It's all uh, wonderful. Champagne and roses, it's all great. But in life, things like this happen. You have to rebound. You have to learn from this. And it's nothing that you did. It's nothing the university did. It's not the Big Ten's fault. Sometimes things just don't go right. And this is, said, your generation's chance, actually being you and Jordan, to say, look, nobody did anything wrong, and yet bad things happen. And you have to learn how to deal with this because it's going to continue to happen in life. I don't know. There's nobody to blame for this. And you're just going to have to buck up and take this, and you'll be back next year. Most of these guys will be back. The, the tougher conversation is with the guy who's a senior, who's on the verge of breaking every record in the Maryland book and saying, I'm, I'm so sorry. You've done everything right. Been to championship games with us. And this was supposed to be your time, and it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and that's Jared, a tough conversation. With Jared Bernhardt, too, you said talked about doing everything right. You know, Jared Bernhardt came in, and he played offensive midi for Maryland at first. You know, he wasn't even on the attack. And then he had kind of that bridge year where Connor Kelly was the greatest player, possibly had the greatest single season that any Maryland lacrosse player has ever had, you know, made every shot for the Terps. And then he kind of – just really stepped into taking everything over, and that's really one that's hard to look at. But another thing, and really my last point with these guys, is what do you tell the player that wasn't pitching well or that was in a hitting slump or you know, just got taken out of that starting lineup on the lacrosse field? What, what's kind of the message to that guy that 
you were planning to as a coach or as a team really give another chance to, but they just didn't get that opportunity. What do you tell them to make sure they don't transfer, make sure they don't really quit on the sport or quit on themselves generally as a morale? Well, this is a tough time for, for athletes across the country, and we really have a belief in you, and you're going to turn the corner, and you need, it probably is best for you to stay here and work through this. There's no place really to go. You know, if you're thinking of leaving, nobody's playing. So the best thing to do is to get yourself back in the hitting cage at home with the guys that taught you how to play. Get your, your head right. Make sure you study because there's still going to be grades coming out. We want you to stay here. We want you to be here next year, and you're, you're going to be in our plans. And, you know, we have a lot of faith in you. And if you need anything, call us, but I know you got to go home. We're going to stay in touch with you. We got Twitter. We, we got messaging. Send me tapes. You know, I'll, I'll give you tips. And, and we look forward to having you back here in the fall. It's kind of almost, especially with that one, or players that you think might transfer, it's almost like a re-recruiting period. Because they're going back home, you know, they're going to hear it. Everyone's going to be in their ear, especially if they weren't having the best year, or especially even if they were. Mm -hmm. yeah, you're kind of facing a thing as a college coach now where these guys have year-round access to their players, and suddenly, you know, you talk about spring football being delayed. Everything is off schedule now. I think this is where, just in general athletics, especially on the collegiate level, where you're going to see the teams that have the best processes will have the best outcome next year. You know, how you're going to, let's say spring football just doesn't happen. Well, then coming into fall camp, whoever has the most developed plan, whatever coaching staff has just that mentality and winning mentalities are going to prevail through this time. You know, we just talked about today, you know, the NHL and the NBA could just say, we're just going to play the playoffs. Of course. It all becomes upstairs then. You know, well, you're... If I was the NBA, I really would look at starting the season on December 23rd, 24th, 25th, and, and playing into July. I, I think that the first half, the first couple of months of their season just buried by football. So, again, move it. This isn't the worst thing. For hockey, you're building an audience. Hockey's a tough one, always been the fourth sport. That one's a little tougher. And I guess, you know, all of these, you, you mentioned the re recruiting. At this point, I think that the recruiting, even after you have the players, never stops. The transfer rules, I don't know what they're going to do with this eligibility. And transfer rules are going to come into effect. Imagine, this is my last scenario, and then we'll wrap this up. Imagine that you're sitting there as the goalie, as a junior. You got the job as a senior. They already told you that. The senior goalie now can come back because they give them another year of eligibility. You don't because you're a junior, get an extra year. So now you have to make the decision, do I stay here, even though I'm behind this guy, or do I leave now because I only have I only have one year left as a junior, whereas they gave a sixth year to the, to the senior. What are you going to do? It's a reclass. You know, everyone talks about high school sports being so messed up by, by that exact rule, the fact mm -hmm. that you can say, you know, now instead of a prep year at a lot of these private schools, you can go ahead and just reclass. No, you stay in the same school. You, know, you see it happening as soon as now, like, eighth graders that do it. Mm. And, and a lot of people want to throw out that it's, you know, it's already ruined high school sports to some extent. It's already put players at insane advantages as soon as they touch a college campus. As college athletics, and I know the NCAA is not the best at really looking through everything, you got to look at that reclass rule in high school and 
go back to what it's done there. Go back to what kind of athletes it's made and then say, do we really want to take this? Because then every junior, you know, myself in that yep. scenario as yep. a junior, yep. my immediate file is for hardship. You know, I want that extra year. You know, you can go back and and I'm sure Coach is willing to say that he was going to give me that job next year because he wants me for two more years too. Of course. You know, so. everything is about winning for the most part. It's about winning and on the campus level, what's best for the athlete. You know, sometimes people question if the NCAA really has that in mind or not. But, you know, those coaches, they just – they want to win and they want what's best for their players, and those two can be flip-flopped regardless, you know, you look at through up and down the list. And I'd love to throw and they also want to do it right. But we can leave that for the next show. That, that's one that I think is subjective, team-by-team team case right there. You know, North Carolina with their papers and letters class, I don't think they can really be looking at that. But, yes, that that's a conversation for a different day. I think the eligibility thing, though, is going to be the longest-term effect because you have freshmen all the way to seniors that could be given another year on the spring sports side. I really, you know, as much as I love watching Anthony Cowan wear a Maryland jersey, hope that this kind of closes the book for him. You know, he goes out with a championship. I think that all these basketball players have played – they played a full season. No chance on the reclass for the basketball players. I'm talking about the baseball, the lacrosse, tennis – Stuff that just started, you got three or four games in the books, and now your season's over. Maybe those, maybe those guys, but then it creates all these other problems. Yeah, like what about their stats? You know, you're talking about. I'm not going to. I'll just throw out Jared Bernhardt because he's the one that's on the way to breaking his record. Do these games count? Logan Wisnowskis is having a fantastic year. He could end up with more goals than Bernhardt. Well, that's what. That has been talked about a lot. Logan Wisnowskis is probably going to go down just because four years of just being a monster on attack. But. It's, it's going to be, there's a lot that goes into this, but for now, you know, everyone just stay healthy, stay safe, you know, follow the guidelines that are put out there because that seems to be, at this point, our all of our best bets at staying healthy as a society, and unfortunately, it just took away what a lot of sports fans' favorite time of the year is. Yep. Yeah, the, the Thursday and Friday of March Madness is uh, the two best days of the year, and then it rolls right into St. Patrick's Day, and all of it canceled for 2020. And the life lesson is, enjoy what you got. You don't know how long you have it. Have fun while you still can, because today it's the NCAA tournament, but you, you never know what the next thing is. You just don't know. And we're looking forward to having Jordan back on the podcast to uh, give his thoughts. Cross-country travel for uh, Jordan. <laughs> Might have seen the last, or he definitely saw one of the last spring training games yeah. uh, of this 2020 year, and... Well, you know, I said on uh, the 1300 CBS Sports Radio show, said we are going to the last live sporting event in the history of America. And I didn't really mean it seriously, but I felt that that was the last big-time sporting event that was going to be here for a while. And uh, you know what? We missed it by a day or two. It never happened. So with that, that's enough for me tonight. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors here on the Young Turfs podcast for sticking with us through how many well, this, episodes? This is what one fifty three uh, on the podcast. Fifty three. I remember counter. episode one. So do I. Yeah. yeah. But we would always like to thank our sponsors for sticking with us through. I guess this is it. This is the end of the Maryland Athletics year. Well, we'll have on, a couple um, more podcasts. Well, it we're definitely 12th, going to have twelfth of March. Yeah, the twelfth of March marks the end of the college athletics calendar for this year. 
As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates and Rockville, for all of your business IT needs. And if you need to work from home and you need remote access to your business computers, Viner Four Gates has some great Microsoft solutions and some solutions from other vendors that can get you hooked up and working from home just like you were in the office. So if that's a need that you have, call 301. 301- Two five one twenty nine hundred, or you can take a look on the web at oneviner.com. That's the number one, viner.com. And of course, Allied Party Rentals for all your gatherings, or your small gatherings for now. We won't talk about the large ones because we're really not supposed to, <laughs> but for your small gatherings inside your own home, inside your own home, not in public, right. but inside your own home, right. you need to rent any uh, tents, chairs, linens, well, china, other accessories. The dance floors are really cool. The outdoor furniture you can get for an out little outdoor backyard party. Since you don't have any games to watch, go have fun in your backyard. Call Allied Party Rentals to get the best stuff to to just impress the heck out of your family. And as always, you can reach them at 301-986-0067. Or go ahead and visit them on your laptop or your phone. Because you don't want to touch those phones because you have no idea who's gone into <laughs> your house and has touched your handset. You can visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com. That's a wrap for this podcast. Everyone stay safe out there, and well, we'll have another one over the weekend to hear from uh, Jordan about his travels. Until then, as always, thanks for listening.